0: What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to Eat, Speak, Compete. This is episode five. Uh, your host here, as always, my name is so I'm joined by Luke Shimonaheen Brew here in the studio, hanging out, talking some esports, talking some gaming. How are we doing today, Luke?
1: Uh, we're good. It's, uh, like you said, it's episode four. Always good to be here. It's, it's five. Five, like you said. Obvi- really?
0: Yeah, five episodes. It's crazy. It's
1: like we just started this. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, cool, episode five. Obviously, as always, excited to be here. Yeah. Um, it was a really really awesome esports weekend yeah um that that's packed. for sure so obviously i'm sure we have plenty of uh, super awesome just you know general result based uh, stories and stuff for today but as always it's good it's good to be here i know we're cranking up and, and getting um you know ready for holiday and lands and all that kind of stuff coming back so it's um i imagine just the amount of esports content and things for us to talk about is gonna get harder and harder every week because <laughs> yeah. it just seems like there's so much going on but yeah i uh, i spent my whole weekend watching esports and and hanging out so it's uh it's good to be back in the office
0: i mean it's good for us because there's never uh a lack of content because mm-hmm. we're willing to talk about kind of any uh, and all games. Uh, we got a lot to talk about on the show today, uh, for sure. We're going to be talking about Navi's uh, Intel Grand Slam, the possible Woo! return of Bjergsen uh, to Pro Play, which is uh, very interesting as well as uh, a big sort of win uh, for Epic Games. So a lot of stuff to cover today on the show. Uh, but to start off at the top, we will kick it off with. Na'Vi. Uh, They won the ESL Pro League season 14 this past weekend uh, in a thriller 3-2 best of five against Vitality, and they completed the Intel Grand Slam. Now, for those of you that may not be uh, super into CSGO eSports, what the Intel Grand Slam is, uh, is it is uh, a team can complete the Intel Grand Slam um, by uh, being the first to complete either one of two conditions. They can either win six ESL Pro Tour Masters tournaments inside a span of 10 consecutive events, or they can win four ESL Pro Tour Masters tournaments inside a span of 10 consecutive events, inclusive of a championship level ESL Pro Tour event, which is any of the IEM Katowice, IEM Cologne, uh, or a CSGO major by ESL or Dreamhack. And basically what that means is, Intel is essentially one of the biggest tournament organizers in csgo and they added this one million dollar bounty on teams that can win either four or six tournaments in a span of 10 uh, which is hard to do navi is now the third ever team to do it Uh, it was first done by astralis and then by team liquid and now navi gets that big million dollar bounty on top of just winning the esl pro league they've now won three of the last four intel events
1: goats I mean, (laughs) they're, they've (laughs) been... Absolute monsters,
0: they just... Yeah, I mean, they've been ranked number one by HLTV for essentially the last two months. They're coming in as really the hottest team leading up uh, into the Major. So, I mean, Simple, the Major title has still escaped him, which is probably the only thing standing in the way of him being, like, confirmed 100% CSGO GOAT and uh, one of, obviously, the greatest just Counter-Strike players of all time, period. Um I know people widely consider him just based on his skill and how talented he is as the GOAT, but that would certainly be the one thing to cement his legacy, but I will say an Intel Grand Slam is just another awesome accolade on their resume.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're just, they're obviously just incredible. I mean, winning that many tournaments, when we are talking about the caliber of of teams that are at each one of these events, it's just like, he's obviously a hero. You know, it's obviously, it's cool seeing CSGO starting to come back after COVID and Still seeing the uh, the kings on the top, if you mm-hmm. will, because obviously you know there's there's all that talk about what's going on in Valorant and you know talent kind of bleeding over to that side from the CS:GO realm and whatnot. But CSGO's still alive and kicking and tons of dollars in that uh, as far as you know prize pool and and team funding and whatnot in that space still. So good for them, Grand Slam.
0: Yeah, and I mean I think the good thing for the CS:GO scene is that while some folks may have been kind of Slam concerned. <laughs> I told you.
1: <laughs> so if you, if you don't
0: know <laughs> why Luke is laughing so hard, uh, when we play Pokemon Unite, <laughs> and Luke scores a goal every time, he just yelled, Slamma Jamma! <laughs> and so when I saw Intel Grand Slam, and I'm writing the lower thirds for the show, I had to. I couldn't resist putting a Jamma on there, because I knew it would get a laugh. So. Slamma Jam. <laughs> um, <All right. laughs> but... Uh, I think the good thing for, for CS, because I know when Valorant was coming out, a lot of people were like, oh, you know, it's obviously a very similar game. Yeah. Uh, it's in the same, same mold as a CS Go. Um, and there may have been some people that were kind of concerned that it was going to pull away from uh, CS. And while it obviously does tap into uh, very similar audiences, I think one of the good things for CS is that it really hasn't pulled away the top talent. the scene, right? right? A majority of the transplants from CS uh, to Valorant are, I hesitate to use the term washed, Mm -hmm. but it's pros that weren't necessarily competing at the top anymore, Uh, they weren't as sought after um, in in the title, and then other players who maybe had not quite broken out yet and were looking to maybe take the opportunity of this new title uh, in Valorant, so I think uh, CS has continued to thrive. Obviously, the online era uh, is definitely... A very interesting point for CS because of COVID, as you know, it is definitely a game that is so heavily based around lands, as all esports are. But, you know, we're definitely going to see as the return to normalcy kind of comes for esports that uh, there's going to be a stark difference in teams' powers and how uh, everybody kind of stacks up against each other as we return to lands because it is a completely different atmosphere for CS.
1: I'm all about it. You know, I, just, I love I love seeing I just I love seeing it come back. You know, like mm-hmm. I was talking about, it's just it just felt like all weekend there was just these lands. You know, and, and the storyline every single land is like, you know, back from the digital era, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, is the skill still there? Are some people washed, etc. <laughs> so I mean, in CS:GO specifically, obviously, it's, it's I agree. You know that you know a lot of the you know let's say mid to low high tier players. A lot of those moved on to Mm -hmm. Valorant and found a fresh start there. Um, But yeah, it hasn't necessarily touched the 0.01% that still hanging out in CSGO and still collecting those those paychecks and whatnot for now. But we'll have to see how it goes. Obviously, they're still insane. Congrats on the Intel Grand Slam. Yeah. Slam and jam.
0: Big, big, big win for Na'vi and a cool extra million bucks on on top of that. Mm. Next up is uh, Smash. A few weeks ago, we had Summit. Mm -hmm. Summit was awesome honestly delivered really kind of everything i wanted out of the event and this weekend we had riptide and mk leo was able to get his revenge he wins ultimate singles uh he beat tweak twice in a row uh 3-2 in winner's finals 3-1 in grands and then spargo uh, ends up finishing in third and uh, i heard a lot of rave reviews uh, about how riptide went a lot of people were talking about it over the weekend and leo continues to be just absolutely incredible
1: yeah i mean tournament wise it was a super cool tournament to watch i had a blast uh tuning in throughout the weekend um you know it's it's so interesting watching these smash productions because obviously we host a lot of tournaments ourselves with a very high production value um as far as like the amount of effort we put into each individual component of the show right Mm -hmm. it's very carefully sculpted um you know, run of show across you know several different people and categories. Mm-hmm. So it's always so interesting seeing these more like almost community events because yeah. it feels like one dude is working so hard <laughs> to make <laughs> this whole thing happen. Forth. You know what yeah. I mean? So shout out to the obviously the production team over there and and all that jazz. As it seemed like it was. Uh, you know, getting back to the into the land setting and whatnot, it it, it felt like it was a lot. So so shout out, i will going start there. Shout out there. Yeah. Um, but the event was totally awesome to watch. Uh, we did have a very similar experience to Summit, where same players just you know sure. broke out. Same top three, actually, as yeah. a matter of fact. A little bit of a flip flop as far as MK Leo and Tweak taking that W, but Spargo continues to beat that young prodigy who's kind of really up and coming. But um, this was the first like open land. Yeah. Right. So Smash, obviously, we had the Invitational, which was Summit, right, where they just invited or got invited in as the the top players. Mm-hmm. But this is the first like open event anyone can go. You had to play through pools all the way through the open double elimination bracket, right? Like three days of nonstop competition, etc. And uh, I love it. It's I miss it so much. It's going to be so fun. Like I literally couldn't stop watching it. I yeah. was just like I was like so addicted to it. I was like this is the best. I could do nothing but this every weekend forever. Um, but it was an absolute hoot. Like I mentioned, uh, tweak got downloaded. So it was, it was, it was, you know, it was about time. We've seen this actually almost exact thing happen before. And there's a really crazy statistic that I want to bring up here that MK Leo, when he's down Oh, two in a set, like he's losing, he's lost the first two games in a set. It is statistically more common for him to reverse three you than you to beat him one more time. That's disgusting. That's like the that is the most like offensive statistic to have in a video game ever. Like he's the 2 buff. Like he's the like no joke like uh, Evo uh, back, I mean I want to say 2019 if mm-hmm. I had to guess. I don't know maybe it was 2018. I think 2019. Evo 2019 same thing on the grand stage tweak, absolute monster just dominating the bracket grand finals. He's up two o reversed just winner side up two o completely reversed out of the entire tournament. Damn. Like it's just. And now here we are, Smash Summit. He didn't quite pull it out there, but, um, you know, he, he went down 0-2. He kept, he kept with his Byleth, which is also another interesting piece that um, he's playing a, a character that people don't necessarily consider high tier, or at least didn't consider high tier. Sure. Um, and now we're starting to slowly move him up the uh, the tier list, if you will. But um, And he's just not only just dominating people, but he just sticking through it, playing hard matchups, playing other, you know, characters that are considered to be the best in the game and just... Winning, Yeah. So sick. Uh, but, yeah, the meta, Smash Ultimate, the meta continues to develop. That's all cool. Um, congratulations to MKLeo. He's absolutely the GOAT. It's not close. Um, but, I mean, the, it's, literally, it's like MKLeo's so good, and then Tweak's, like, so close to being so good, and then mm-hmm. no one else. There's, like, a huge gap Yeah. before it gets to, like, 3rd, 4th, 5th, all that kind of jazz. Elegant was there. He did great. If you guys are big Smash fans, Elegant from Smash 4, big mm-hmm. Luigi guy. There you go. You know what I mean? Um, last thing I'll say is Melee. Melee was there and alive. Um, IB, oh, and IBD is the next w. piece, isn't it? Mm-hmm. No, you're notes. good, you're good. Oh, okay. Uh, IBDW um, coming in hot, yep. and taking a W there. Obviously super cool seeing him play. Uh, Plup was also there. I would say he was probably the, those are the two, um, well, I guess people probably expected Plup or HBox to win, honestly. Yeah. But, uh, so IBDW dub winning was actually super cool. You know, shout out to Fox, big yeah. dubs. Um, Plops, Sheik was crazy to watch, but he uh, ended up taking second place after losing in both Winners Finals and Grand Finals. And
0: that actually played out the same way as Leo and Tweak. Oh, yeah, IBDW right. b- wins 3-2 in Winners Finals. Plup then goes down to losers, beats H-Box, so H-Box grabs third, and then comes up, and then it's a 3-1 win in Grands for IBDW, and he takes it, so.
1: Yeah, d- watching H-Box play is crazy, as always. That guy just... <laughs> the
0: Jigglypuff. Just
1: watching... It's so interesting, like... You get rested, and you just, like, die, like, instantly. Like, there's so many games where, like, they would be like, go, and he'd be like, he would, like, run at you, nair, um, like, pound, and then just uh, (laughs) rest you, and you'd be dead literally, like, within the first five seconds of the game. And then you would just, like, drop down off the platform and, like, forward smash him because he's asleep, and he would just instantly die because he's Jigglypuff. Yeah. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) It was just just crazy to watch, but always cool seeing some more offline smash. I wish... um, mango or zane or Leffen and all them could have been there too uh but regardless super cool tournament and i think that maybe not this weekend but the next weekend there's a low tier city i think it's called or low tide city. Ooh, low tide. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's low tide city actually. Let me take it a um, shot there. But that's coming key. up too. So obviously, if you guys are still looking for Smash events to, to enter, go check that out. I'm not yeah. sure exactly where it is, but I'm sure you can find it on Smash G pretty easily. Uh, but yeah, super cool.
0: The more I watch these Smash events, and I've you know I was a very very casual Smash gamer growing up. I didn't have a GameCube. I was a, a PlayStation guy and then Xbox. But I had friends that had. GameCubes, and I played Smash casually when I was younger. The more events that I watch, and definitely having watched uh, Summit and then seeing stuff from Riptide over the weekend, makes me want to go to a Smash major so bad. Mm. Because it looks so much fun. Especially, like, i watched a lot of stuff uh, on, like, Evo over the years, and watching, like, H-Boxes run at Evo was incredible. And it's just me, like, the next Evo I want to go to so bad. They look, like, so much fun, and definitely a very... Uh, very different event than your more i guess standard you look at uh, esports like you know i've been to plenty of league events uh and then watching cs uh it, it's just it's such a different vibe and it looks a- incredible and i really it just i want to go to evo or you know if it's ceo or something like that in the future because these events look just so much fun
1: yeah you know it's, it's something to do with it's like a mixture of just like the fighting game community being so much more community-driven sure. and operated yep. than, like, a lot of the other esports titles that are more like commercial or mm-hmm. business-driven, if you will. Um, but, yeah, no, the the energy of, you know, and also 1v1 games, you know, like, mm-hmm. it's, it's something to be said. Just the, the energy behind 1v1 versus 1, like, classic, like, fighters or, yeah. you know, like, the StarCraft stuff I'm always, you know, hyping up and stuff is just, you know, definitely super great energy. Um, and, yeah, the, the Smash events are... Um, I have not been to one for a while and, um, you know, I miss a couple of them. That's for mm-hmm. sure. You know, like the, I think Genesis is one that I think that, that does a really good job of having that, you know, it's just, it's just something about being in like a hotel convention room <laughs> <Yep>. with like <laughs> that many people, yeah. um, that like even before COVID wasn't the most enjoyable experience for depending on what you're into. Uh, but
0: in, insert a litany of smash yeah, player beams yeah, here. Exactly. I'm not, exa- I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to. You flame. guys know. I'm not trying to flame. So I'll just leave no. it alone. But
1: um, but you know, uh, what's so cool that Genesis does is they have that experience on the mm-hmm. first two days, but then they have a separate experience for top eight. Right. Top eight is a whole thing in fighting games mm-hmm. um, that I feel like is a little bit more elevated than other fight. Other. Um, Esports in general, like mm-hmm. in finding games, like when you say like top eight, it's like a big deal yeah. to be top eight.
0: Everybody knows what that means. Very specific.
1: Absolutely right. Yeah. And then, in for like Genesis, right, they like rent out a whole separate like theater venue for top eight as to make it more of a spectacle and less mm-hmm. of a. We need two hundred gaming setups. Yeah, it's we need one gaming setup yeah. and a butt ton of spread out seats and yeah. a comfortable air conditioned.
0: Get the best of both worlds. You yes. get the, you you know you get the view of two guys playing at a setup and 50 people standing literally just behind their chairs yeah. watching the set and then you get the high production value this is
1: what's so cool i'd say that i miss most about smash events is like the or what i bet a lot of people miss about um, smash events is really the uh, like artist alley type components of mm-hmm. it right like it's if anyone's ever been to like anime expo or new york comic-con or any comic-con i guess um it's almost like a miniaturized version of that, right? Where you're like cruising in and you get a chance to see all these, you know, community members who either make arch or pins or cosmetic cosplay items mm-hmm. or custom controllers or right. The list That's goes on the list goes on and on. Thing for sure. And usually honestly, there's like dozens of vendors usually at these places, like mm-hmm. the the Genesis type events, the CEOs um and they're just awesome you know yeah. they're they're all just like such such great artists such great communities and being able to have it in like a you know like oh i didn't have to like go to disneyland and go to the artist alley you know what i mean it's just such like an organic simple thing that's just there and they're all just community members so i think that part's a really cool component that i miss a little bit of those events and obviously the top eight spectating is yeah is a experience in itself so but yeah i, I agree I, I'm, I'm excited for some more events to keep coming and Maybe later this year, we'll, we'll find ourselves at one.
0: There are some Smash lands, I think, in our future here. Uh, moving on from Smash, we talked about CSGO at the start. Let's talk about its counterpart, uh, Valorant. Ooh, uh, VCT what a weekend. Masters 3 Berlin started last Friday. Uh, big results for North America over the weekend. Uh, Sentinels beat G2 2-1 to one in their first match, and they actually uh, won this morning. They played against uh, F4Q, which is one of the representatives from Korea, and they beat them 2-0, uh, which was a really entertaining match, actually. F4Q was uh, really fun to watch. Bunny Bunny is really uh, time just some interesting strats. They're starting at 6 a.m. for Monsters. our time. Yeah, that's the hard part. So, But Sentinels is two 0 uh, 100 Thieves beat uh H- havan liberty from brazil 2-0 in their first match and then made an epic comeback did you see their magic yes. gambit oh my gosh I would, so-
1: i'd actually rather i would rather put this that i watched the first game and, <laughs> and turn and it then
0: off. no i didn't turn it off and then
1: in the middle of the second game i stopped paying attention and very yeah. quickly started paying attention yeah. again near the part where i was like hold on a second yeah that's an even score
0: <laughs> yeah so if you guys aren't aware uh the format is uh it's like a, it's a gsl group stage which means that each group has four teams in it uh they are they play a small double elimination bracket in their respective group uh outside of group d which only has three teams which is sentinels uh and g2 and f4q they only have three teams so they plays they play a double round robin Um, But you have these small double elimination brackets. So if you win your two matches, you move on. You're into the knockout stage. And so Hunter Thieves is playing Gambit for a spot in the knockout stage. They lose the first map, and they lost it pretty badly. They go into the second map. They go down 11 to 3. So now Gambit is two rounds from two owing Hunter Thieves and moving on to the knockout stage. And Hunter Thieves goes on to win 10 rounds in a row to take the map and then come out in the third map and dominated the third map. So they looked dead, pretty much, in the water. I was, I mean, I was here, we were doing our, our Halo show, and in, in the middle of that, I'm popping over to one of our spectators, because he's got the matchup on his on his PC, and I'm like, what's going on, what's going on? We're following it, and I see the 11 to three, and I'm like, wow. 100 Thieves is washed, you know. We'll see if they can maybe win the, chug, the, the chug. losers match. But, like, looks like they're done. And then they brought it back, and it was incredible. Uh, Hiko had some oh my amazing God. clutches. And 100 Thieves, now they qualify for the knockout stage. Also, to note, the other North American team, uh, Envy, won both of their matches. They didn't even drop a map. So two of the three North American teams already in the knockouts. And Sentinels 2-0 in their first two of four matches. So NA's feeling really good right now.
1: NA's crushing it. Obviously, you know, 10s,
0: mm-hmm.
1: huge W. I mean, Sentinels in general, huge W for them. Sure. But obviously, after losing... Um,
0: we yeah. don't even have to mention his name, yeah. but you know who we're talking about.
1: After losing What's-His-Face and obviously replacing him with 10s, it's mm-hmm. so cool seeing them back on top if you mm-hmm. will or, or performing well again 100 uh, thieves obviously i was a little nervous i was hoping it wasn't beginner's luck if you will uh, for them getting to where they are now mm-hmm. and seeing them um i guess flip the switch and turn it on and really yeah. seeing like what they're capable of it it got me hyped to watch the set but it also got me nervous because their consistency is starting to get starting to freak me out a little mm-hmm. bit because we know that in a situation where we're getting towards like let's say a worlds type situation like we were talking last week about yeah, uh, yeah the consistency is everything like sure. you have to be able to perform i mean not 100 right because like no one ever performs at 100 percent all the time but like you got to be able to perform near your highest peak all the time mm-hmm. and to like get to have such flip-flopping performances against the same team i don't know it was that was quite the match maybe it was the opposite maybe the uh <laughs> maybe, maybe it was on the other side but either way that was that was a little shaky but um overall obviously uh, pretty hype for NA to be doing so well and watching the show production sh- wise what an experience the the AR the the, mm. the floor the LED panelled yeah. floor like if the hico guys... foot cams like i can't i can't even <laughs> i can't even begin um, to uh, to break that down, but great production value, very yes. interesting venue across the board, um, and uh, NA on top.
0: Let's yeah, I mean, if you guys ha- if you guys haven't seen anything from um, Masters over the weekend, look it up on YouTube. The the stage setup that they've done is incredible. The graphics, uh, as Luke mentioned, they do the augmented reality uh, for like the map. Chicken ban yeah uh, which is really really cool um just I mean, it almost seems unnecessarily cool you know <laughs> I mean, what i mean it, it's, it's like, like dota yeah and it's the it's interesting like i'm not surprised because riot has been doing this for years with their big events they do it at worlds oh every God, year yeah. i mean you can look back to uh the elder the elder dragon in the that olympic up. stadium in uh in south korea years ago uh or you can look to i mean Even as old as like 2016 Worlds, I remember when I went and saw the finals in uh, Staples Center, they had the two teams on each side of the court at Staples Center. And then in the middle of the court was a huge projection of the uh, Mm mini-map. So you could see how like the game was pushing on the mini-map. I mean, Riot just continues to do um, incredible, incredible things from a production standpoint around their events. Um, And again, I mean, we talked about it last week, as you mentioned. I'm excited to see... Uh, what a world championship for Valorant looks like. And I think we've gotten a little bit of a taste of that in Berlin. And it's just, I'm so excited for uh, Worlds, for League of Legends, and then Champions coming in the following month uh, for Valorant. I think it's going to be incredible. And it's uh, they're just delivering uh, really, really good things for a really cool title.
1: And viewership-wise, right? Like, we can talk about the viewership side of things. I mm-hmm. want to say I probably didn't see them below... Maybe like
0: eighty k. Uh, every time I checked, they were around like one hundred twenty plus. Yeah, I was. Watch-
1: I-, I also saw on like Friday a decent amount, so I watched them mm-hmm. like the early, early on matches. Mm-hmm. And I to say I didn't see them below like eighty. And I would say most of their matches they were around like what would you say like one hundred and twenty mm-hmm. to one hundred and forty ish or yep. so. But then,
0: and this is just the but, English
1: broadcast too. But when Hundred Thieves was on, I don't know if you saw their viewership, but we we're talking like close to two hundred and fifty. I'm talking the difference yeah. in viewership. Was gross. Yeah. So, I mean, that 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 says something. Yeah. Like, 100,000 viewership difference when a certain team is playing. That's a really, really, like, especially when we're talking, like, the next match was literally, like, Sentinels. Yeah. And then, like, the viewership would drop 100,000 <laughs> when Sentinels is arguably.
0: The best, possibly the best team in the world right now.
1: Arguably the best. Like, guys. They're
0: just hoodies, like. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I'm
1: just messing. But yeah, no, it, I, I really, I was absolutely blown away by uh, the Hunter Thieves viewership and then also Shroud. Like, mm-hmm. Shroud is hanging out the whole that, time, it, rocking like 70 to 100K by himself, sitting on his couch, hanging out watching the show.
0: And that's the other thing to mention, right, is they're getting consistently 80 plus K, 100 plus K on the main English broadcast. Yes. You then add on the fact that they've got multiple other broadcasts in different languages, Korean, uh, different ones in Europe, all all different Mm -hmm. kinds. And then you add on the litany of co-streamers that they had, Shroud, and a bunch of other people who are also drawing great audiences. So I would be very curious to see and I hope we get it. Uh, Riot has typically put out, uh, has been pretty good about putting out numbers for viewership for like worlds and stuff every year. Uh, I would love to see what the viewership numbers look like just for Masters, because I think that would give us a very good indication of what we can expect for their world championship in a couple of months. And it's I think gonna it's going to be, be incredible. It's going to be they're nasty. Gonna be it. Yeah, I think it's going to be insane.
1: I love what they're doing with the co-streamers and stuff like that. I mean, there's been so many... I won't bring it up any specific examples, but there's been a lot of times in the past, right, where like people shot themselves in the foot by trying to stop people from streaming their stuff because they want the viewership sure. and that's just always the wrong play. Like it's such it's such a rookie move to try to stop these content creators from watching competitive esports. Like esports mm-hmm. needs that type of connection to the influencers.
0: And you're also just tapping into a larger audience, right? Like you can say what you will about the reach of your esport, but if you then tap into the unique audiences of these different creators, that's just more numbers, right? It's not like they're just going to pull, you know, it's not like you're going to just have that same, say, 500K viewers and just now instead of 500K watching the main broadcast, now 100K of them are now watching these co streamers. That is going to blue your viewership numbers overall and they're just accessing your content in a different way through the personalities that they love because i guarantee you there was a there were thousands of shroud viewers in there probably that don't care about valorant or don't care about valorant esports but because shroud was talking about it they're going to watch it and that is just more eyeballs on your product
1: you know who i was actually kind of i've been kind of interested that ninja mm-hmm. isn't very involved in Valorant anymore because i feel like he was so involved in the beginning right he was like doing that whole team thing he was even playing decent on, yeah. on his own end he was streaming it a lot but he like full flip-flopped into apex like yep. i don't know if you've i, I kind, kind of a sidestep kind of not but like he's like i don't know if this is even in your notes but he's been streaming apex and hitting like yeah. 20k plus like concurrent again and he usually gets like less than 10 nowadays like usually streaming like league or whatever but like he's been streaming apex and his numbers have been uh, kind of spiking up a little bit kind of I mean, random
0: i'd be very curious i mean i remember back in june when we were watching uh champs for algs uh they had like the nice wig second stream and obviously we'll talk about him a little more here in a bit um and i thought his content was incredible i would be curious to see if maybe because he's playing so much Apex, if maybe Ninja wants to do that uh, for for Apex, if he's interested in it, I know he was a part of the broadcast for uh, Twitch Rivals for the Halo Two yep. uh, a few weeks back, so he seems uh, open to gamer. doing these kinds of things. And yeah, one hundred percent, he's a gamer. He plays all different kinds of titles. So uh, I agree. I am surprised that he's not Just more felt like. in on Valorant, uh, especially because like it's like now's the time to be doing it's like so it. So high is peaking now. like crazy. Yeah. If you
1: guys looking for a Sage main, yeso here.
0: <laughs> I was crushing it the other night. I, I, was doing, I was doing pretty good. Granted, I'm in bronze, but, you know, you yep. gotta start you got to start somewhere. So if you're a bronze <laughs> Valorant player trying to climb and you need a Sage, you know, let me know. Um, also, do want to shout out before we kind of close up on the Valorant discussion as well. Uh, Vision Strikers, which is the number one seed from Korea, uh, also secured their spot in knockouts. They also secured a spot at Champions so they will be going to Champions uh, in November which is awesome for them and love to see, you know, Korea is largely irrelevant in CS. Uh, You know, We'll see times uh, here and there where teams go to compete at a major or something or at a big tournament but they don't have top placing so it's really cool to see uh, in Valorant similar to what we've seen in Overwatch that Korea can compete in shooters as well and I've never doubted that but it hasn't Really materialized in Counter-Strike, but it is uh, in Valorant, which I think is cool. So, excited to see them. I think watching f 4 today was really awesome. So, um, But that's enough talk about Valorant. Uh, some big news to talk about over the weekend. And one of the biggest stories coming out is Bjergsen. Uh, former famous mid laner of TSM. He is obviously a part owner of the team and has been coaching them for the past year. He retired at the end of the 2020 season and reports uh, from Upcomer are saying that sources are telling them that he is going to return to professional play in 2022. His contract with TSM uh, ends in mid-November and apparently he is open to playing in the LCS or the LEC. Yeah, and he hasn't competed in the LEC since, I believe, 2013. I think it was the last time he played in Europe.
1: Who wrote this article, and where did they get this information from? Uh,
0: apparently, this is very credible. Uh, Fion on Fire. Uh, I I don't remember his uh, legal name off the top of my head, but that's his Twitter handle. He's actually been really good for years. He used to work with ESPN and now has been uh, the leader of Starting Upcomer, which is another site kind of counterpart to .esports and Deserto. But um. Fion has been... Uh, has actually had fantastic reporting in the league space for a while. And
1: Well, if I take a step back and I think to myself, okay, TSM, do we currently have a mid laner? <laughs>
0: yes. But do we? Uh, I mean, you can certainly say that PoE has his issues. So, definitely. <laughs> Right if you're if you're just listening to audio only I, I can give you a play by play there's just a big old shrug from Luke right now he's just kind of smirking okay, at the well, first camera. of all I'm pretty sure
1: I'm actually 100 percent sure that Beerson owns a good portion yeah, of he is TSM. Yeah, he
0: is part owner of TSM
1: uh alongside Reginald yep and they and there's no way he's gonna go play for somebody else there's no way because uh. it, it can't be it can't be a cash grab play because there's no way he cares about no. a cash grab, right? No. So if it's not a cash grab play, then he just wants to compete. And if he just wants to compete, why would he want to compete for any team but his own team?
0: Well, you could So look, if you, you if you look
1: if it. if you look at it like that, even almost. If you can if you can get past that one string of thought, there's sure. no way he goes anywhere but TSM.
0: Which means so, that guy's out of there.
1: Get What is his name? Power Evil? Power, power of Evil.
0: Get him out of there. So, I I think there's an there's certainly a strong argument to be made for him coming back to TSM, right? He's comfortable with the org. Uh, He, while he would still likely get a certain modicum of control going to another team just because of the name value that he brings and his pedigree and stuff, uh, he's not going to have as much control on any other team as he does on TSM, right? If he was to come into TSM right now, he would have an incredible amount of say in how the roster is built, how the team is going to play, and not another team can give him that level of control 100%. 100%. There's also, again, as you mentioned, the ownership stake that he has in the team yeah. is definitely a big factor there. The one thing I will say is if you look at the history of TSM over the last four to five years of Bjergsen's tenure there and then what they have done over the last year, if Bjergsen is looking at this and saying, I want to come back to pro play, but you know, I think the only reason for him to come back, you talk about it not being a cash grab, is he's probably coming back because he wants to He wants to win worlds. He wants to compete at the international level. TSM hasn't done that ever. So, if I'm Bjergsen and I'm looking, hey, my career as a player maybe doesn't have that much longevity. Maybe he's got two or three years left in him before he truly retires. I'm probably looking at the LEC as a great option. And, you know, yes, I he would I believe 100% have to sell his ownership stake in tsm but he would probably get a huge windfall from that i mean you look at the money that they just you know only recently signed this deal with fdx that's going to add some significant value to his ownership stake that he's going to get bought out of so i think there is a very sound argument on both sides i would still say i would be surprised if he left tsm but i think it is going to be the most interesting story of the entire league offseason
1: yeah, no, I, I definitely hear. I definitely see where you're coming from. I, I feel like what Bjergsen's twenty six. I think he's twenty five. Twenty five. Yeah. Um, so he's like twenty five, right? Like he's he's won probably three to five NA championships, I would imagine. Uh,
0: seven or eight, I believe. A lot, a lot of what? T- a lot of NA titles. Yeah, TSM. TSM ran. I mean, you look at. They had, uh, I think... What year is it? I think they... <laughs> how, how how can he have
1: seven or eight? That's crazy. Okay, fine, well, you, We have he, to look at...
0: There's two titles a year, right. right? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah you're probably You have right. spring okay. and Let's summer. say he's got six.
1: Seven, eight. Let's <laughs> say he's got nine. Let's say he's got ten. I don't care. It doesn't matter. He has yes. a lot, right? But he's got I, a lot of titles. Basically, my, my point of the statement was that I agree with you that he's probably only really thinking about the international scale, mm-hmm. where he's trying to... If he's trying to create a NA slash EU God Squad, Mm -hmm. let's say, right? Or a God Squad in general because of the import stuff. It's like, who really cares? Mm -hmm. Let's say he's trying to create a God Squad within one of his own regions that he can then take and compete at an international level. He can't actually think he can do it though, right? Like, I mean, I'm sitting here thinking about, like, I'm looking, I'm thinking about all the North American teams, and I'm like, what? Like, what team could he even join? In NA? In NA, or even EU. I mean, maybe like, I don't know. I'd have to really deep dive this specifically to think about what my God roster would be, but I mean, I don't know. Like, if he's really only thinking about it on, like, a trying to win worlds, not even, like, trying to take. Trying to put TSM back on track, right? Because I sure. get, like, hey, I'm, a, I'm I'm TSM part owner. Yep. Like, I really feel like I took a step back, but I can't handle it. I want to step back in really bad. Yep. I want to play. I get that. And I want to take my team, LeBron, right? I want to go back to the Cavs. I want to take my team and put them back on top, right? Yep. For my hometown kind of vibe, right? Yep. So, like, that's kind of where my head is at. Is like, that's only, sure. like, I, I, there's no way that he's thinking to himself, like, I'm just going to build a God squad and go win worlds.
0: And I mean, there's no guarantee, right? You look that at would G- be a crazy.
1: Yeah. That would be a crazy thought process to have, and he knows that, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, if anything, he could be trying to put TSM on back on top in NA, and then obviously always shoot for the world title. Sure. But it's like you know he can't. There's no way he's coming back to competitive only to win worlds. So I think he's sticking with TSM.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you can look at TSM too, and right, you've got Spika who is uh, the best young jungler in, in North America, one of the biggest up and coming talents. Hooney uh, who seems to have kind of transformed himself under TSM, and have is not the you know the same Huni of old that was dominating everybody, but has really kind of revamped his style and come into his own again. Uh, and you've got a, a world caliber support in yeah. Sword Art who went you know was in the world finals a year ago. Exactly. So like I don't think it's crazy to look at Pjurikson, just slap him in for Power of Evil, uh, and that roster is still very good scoop up double lift we scoop up beer and we keep, we keep <laughs> and i mean that's that's in. in another discussion is like okay does double lift come back now um that's a very different discussion i will say i'm not honestly that surprised that bjergsen is coming back when he retired that felt out of left field and i was just like i you know I can understand that you know all of the work and the time that he's put in and that being uh, a real drain on him i uh, you know the he's got
1: too good of a business opportunity that's why sure it must have been
0: yeah and so um double if is obviously a different story but i wouldn't be at all surprised too if he said he wanted to come back but there's so many different factors yeah. but i think it we've gotten the the most interesting storyline of the off season and the the year hasn't even ended. We haven't even gotten to Worlds yet. And so uh, it's going to be very interesting to follow. And I know uh, just the reports that he has possibly opened going to the LC- LEC means there are going to be teams calling him as soon as they possibly can for his services because I think definitely like Fnatic is going to be on the phone. G2 won't. You've got Caps, and they yep. just extended his contract. There's no way that you would replace him. But uh, there's definitely a lot of teams that are gonna going to be – picking up the phone to talk to Bjergson uh this fall so don't answer <laughs>
1: tsm <laughs> stay TSM. with tsm
0: <laughs> uh next up is a big acquisition 400 thieves as they have signed Nicewig, Ayo. big popular apex legends streamer and content creator uh they have signed him as an apex content creator uh he has been somebody who has been uh, a big part of bringing courage uh, to Apex Legends. I know they've been playing together a ton. Um, And Nicewig is, you know, he he seems to be really one of the most kind of beloved streamers in the Apex community. Uh, I have seen nothing but praise and love for him over the weekend. Uh, I obviously want to, you know, extend our congratulations to him. This is obviously very exciting. Uh, And it's very exciting for uh, the Apex community as a whole because you talk about, 100 Thieves blowing up the Valorant viewership, they can do the same in the Apex world uh, as Apex continues to grow and is continuing to rise uh, on so many different levels bringing in a creator like this and an org like this coming into the space in a significant way. I mean is there a future 100 Thieves competitive roster? Who knows but I think this is very cool for uh, many different parties.
1: Yeah well first of all it's super weird that they don't have a team. Like, it doesn't actually make any sense. Like, mm-hmm. there's, there's no play. There's no reason not to, right? Like, EA is, like, competitive environment. Mm-hmm. It's not, like, the best competitive environment ever, but, like, it's way better than a lot that exists. You know and what I mean it's right for opportunity. It's right for opportunity. There's tons of great players, there's tons of money and funding mm-hmm. coming from both EA and other third-party organizers. <laughs> Call us, you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, hit me up, hit me <laughs> on my DMs, but um I think I think it's an it's an easy content play, right? Like there's mm-hmm. so much potential for your players to just absolutely be breakout stars because there is so much talent out there. Um I mean, we would know, right? We garnish so much of it mm-hmm. that comes through our own system even, but Either way, obviously Nice Wig's a great pickup. There's tons of, when we first popped into the Apex scene, just so much unsigned talent, like Mm -hmm. a ridiculous amount. So uh, I think I saw Nice Wig at like 30, 31, 32K concurrent, which is just like, that's some crazy people that's numbers. That's awesome. So huge shout-out to him, obviously. Congratulations to 100 Thieves for snagging somebody like him. He's a, such a super nice, genuine guy. Yeah. Um, I know he was playing a lot with, like, Courage in them, so it makes sense that um, he kind of was able to jump on that train. But, yeah, he's great. Um, congrats to him. And as far as a competitive roster goes, I mean, I could see either some of the 100 Thieves guys, you know, like Nicewig, like Courage and them, wanting to make their own kind of team and, like, mm-hmm. go and compete. Maybe that's why they don't have a competitive one because they just want to be able to – that the the open scene is a lot like that where anybody can really, you know, I saw Nick Merckx competing over the weekend, yep. competing to see if he could slide in there, et cetera. So I think there's a lot of opportunity there for, um, these influencers to form their own teams mm-hmm. and you know and because and they are all decent players and to have their own opportunity to slide in there and, and whatnot but I think that's a chance and if that doesn't happen then I, I hope that Hunter Thieves does slide in and, and snag up one of those pro league spots maybe bleeding into that second relegation period
0: yeah and I mean if I'm Hunter Thieves and you're looking at the way it's set up uh, obviously uh, today we're recording this on Monday uh, September 13th uh, tonight the finals for the first uh, phase of qualifiers for Pro League are being played so there will be one team from North America securing their spot uh, one of the 20 open slots in the first split of the AOGS Pro League and I mean if I'm Hunter Thieves and I want to get into Apex obviously there's 20 teams that already have completely signed ros- er, rosters uh, already in uh, Pro League if I'm Hunter Thieves I'm probably just looking at
1: who's this gonna, crop yeah. of
0: teams qualifying and I'm probably looking at bench warmers that's a roster with a lot of name value uh they are doing really well here uh, at the start since forming the roster you got Knox, madness and rambo who are all very well-known players in the scene so like if i'm Hunter thieves and i want to get in that's probably a roster i'm looking at and you'll just have a crop of likely 20 different teams jumping into pro league and you can just sign one and have a slot in pro league and that's i think quite an easy way to start off in the competitive scene, so I think there is, uh, it's just rife with opportunity right now. So I think, I hope that this is the first step because I think 100 Thieves, you know, uh, we mentioned the the hoodie org joke uh, earlier. Uh, They're just an incredible esports org. They do uh, great things from a content perspective, from a merchandise perspective, and just from a competitive perspective, they have continued to build great competitive rosters in many different titles, and I think for me, Apex just feels like the next natural fit for this org, and I think uh, now's the time to do it. So
1: I agree. I'm excited. I mean, if your if your org's not in Apex right now, I don't I don't really know when you plan on joining. Sure. <laughs> so I mean, as you can see with their announcement, they mm-hmm. they obviously aren't aren't deaf to to the uh, the oblivious option here, which <laughs> is which is jumping on one of the most popular games sure. at the time. But yep, totally agree.
0: Yep. Next up is Halo Infinite. Obviously, we are counting down the days to the release of Infinite. Uh, as of today, we are 86 days away i've been counting it down every sunday on microsoft sundays and the nice thing is we won't have to wait 86 days to play more halo infinite as they will have their next multiplayer preview starting on september 24th uh and per dot esports article on how to sign up they said all fully registered halo insider profiles will be eligible to participate as long as they've registered by september 13th which if you're listening to this podcast it's already too late so i hope you filled out your profile but fully registered means the players are opted in to communications from halo their email addresses are verified and they've chosen which platform they'll be playing on xbox or pc Uh, As soon as I get home tonight, I'm going to make sure that my profile is all said and done because I want to be in on this multiplayer flight. I wasn't able to get in on the first one, but uh, this is exciting. I mean, Halo Infinite is going to uh, be a very big moment of the next couple of years. Uh, It's really Halo trying to return to form uh, and kind of go back to the franchise's roots. And I'm excited about it. A lot of players are excited about it. And this is the opportunity for 343 to really tap into a new generation of gamers.
1: Yep, I mean, you said it yourself, we're counting down the hours, the minutes, the the moments until we get a chance to play here um you know we we have a lot of connections and ties uh to the halo scene in general Mm -hmm. i mean our company was founded on halo 2 yes Um, a lot of our our key members including myself grew up on halo halo 3 personally shout out best game don't at me you can if you want i won't respond (laughs) um but you know it's it's super exciting obviously like you said new title coming out touching a whole new generation of gamers I mean, I'm just so excited to be able to create content around, you know, a Halo title in general, right? Mm-hmm. Like we've been producing content for Halo Five, which is great, and I, you know, the the type of interaction and engagement we get from the community is so awesome. Um, for how lacking that that community is mm-hmm. and support, if you will. I mean, we're talking a game that hasn't been updated for who knows how long, sure. and haven't have haven't really seen too much outside of like spice content here and there spice events here and there um so super super excited to really just see the rebirth of the whole community all these <laughs> all these different events and whatnot but um you know uh what is it the 25th i think we're playing we got some surprise streams coming up for you guys here we'll be you know pumping out some uh some content around the multiplayers we're going yep. hard into halo infinite i mean i have i think we generals accompanying and definitely myself have a lot of um, hope and faith in that game yeah. on three four three and the esports team over there to be able to create a really not only is a great game but a really good competitive environment for the esports community yep. to grow within. As I mean, even the Halo Five scene is still alive and pumping. Yeah, and you know that that only comes through because they have such a great team over there. So we're gonna you know jump right on that train and, and keep pumping out tons of Halo content because we're we're definitely excited about it. But yeah, stay tuned. Twenty fifth multiplayer. Surprise esports stream coming your way.
0: Yeah, little little something, something for you folks at home. So <laughs> if you're not playing, you could come uh, and watch some Halo. Last thing we're going to talk about today, uh, very big news. Uh, if you guys saw, I, I it was at least four to six months ago that this lawsuit started, but uh, uh, Epic Games uh, was suing Apple, or Apple sued them. I can't remember. It's been so long since all started. Epic sued Apple. Epic Microsoft sued Apple. Them, yeah. Okay. Um, but it was essentially uh, over uh, an issue with extra payment options. So uh, I have a quote from Deserto here from their article on what happened over the weekend. Uh, The lawsuit between Epic Games and Apple started more than a year ago. There you go, there's my answer. uh, After the tech giants removed Fortnite from the iOS app store due to an extra payment option that allowed the developers to avoid paying the 30% revenue cut that Apple takes. The case came to an end on September 10th after a judge decided Epic Games breached their contract with Apple and ordered them to pay back 30% of all revenue earned, which was around $3.5 million. However, the judge also issued a permanent injunction that imposes new restrictions on Apple's App Store rules. From December 9th onward, all apps must allow developers to include alternative payment options. That's from Deserto. So... Epic loses in the terms that they have to pay three point five million dollars to Apple, but they seem to have won on the most important part of it, which is that they will be allowed to avoid this thirty percent cut by just including the alternative payment options that they were already doing.
1: Yeah, it, yeah, I don't know. It's such a, it's such a just a crazy situation, right? Because you yeah. have you have these literal giant behemoths fighting each other, and everyone just throwing shade and whatnot but it it seems it seems mostly about what's going on here is tim over at the uh the epic uh store if you will sure (laughs) is he's basically just like he's like not having it right he's he's sitting there in his room and he's sitting there saying like we can change the gaming industry let's just change it right like Mm -hmm. i don't i don't get why we have to use the microsoft and the apple store they take 30 percent like we should have additional options etc he goes for the fight, and it seemed like it was pretty much hopeless. I mean, to be fair, right, like, it's one of the situations where, to a certain extent of a monopoly, like, mm-hmm. where, where do you really go from there? They got Fortnite removed off the Apple Store, and all, which obviously can't impact Epic that much, but not the point, right? It's still brutal and, on mm-hmm. overall um, accessibility and things like that. But, you know, to see the the different court judges and, and different court rulings, it's one of the situations where, like, this could just be the beginning. Like, Mm -hmm. we could see a lot more, right? Like, I mean, if if anyone's familiar with, like, the history of even things like Twitch, right, and, like, Phantom Lord and, like, the OG streamers who actually brought lawsuits against some of these large-scale companies and actually started enforcing specific or forcing them to include specific regulations or clauses in all of their, their, you know, influencer contracts or sales contracts, things like that to make sure that, you know, the industry is is staying on par with the constitution etc cetera, etc cetera, right mm-hmm. so you know it, 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 it's just one of the situations where this definitely isn't the the last piece of this no. lawsuit that we'll see um it, it's you know it's a win and a loss like we said on both sides and it's just going to keep happening but it's important i i mean i'm a big fan of what tim's doing i think it's important to to push the envelope and uh understand that because our industry is so young and changing that it's okay to fight what the normal seems like. Yep. Because one of the, I mean, we do it all the time here at Esports Arena. Like we're a big fan of that. Like our whole industry. I mean, our whole business model is built off of us fighting for something that didn't exist at that time. Sure. Right. Um, I mean, all games, you know, are built to not be streamed competitively. <laughs> yeah. Like you know what I mean. It's all the whole industry is built to basically fight against the industry. Yeah. Um. So it's it's important that we do push against those social norms, um, or even in this case, business norms um that um might seem like they're encroaching on the industry or hurting it one way or another but at the same time you know you got to pick your battles and, and choose what die what hills to die on so we'll, we'll see what ends up coming out of this but they'll, they'll keep on keeping on and whether or not they're shooting themselves in the foot or not yeah you know you never want to necessarily bite the hand that feeds you but if you're the if you're both, then I guess you can kind of do whatever you want. So yeah. We'll see what happens at the end of the day, but it's uh, it's pretty interesting seeing it continue to unfold and seeing the different decisions that come out from the court justice system, you know, it seems like every couple of months or so.
0: Yeah, the one thing to note is Epic uh, is appealing to the decision, so they don't want to pay that money. Uh, so we'll obviously have to see how things shake out on that front, but it was a very quick response from Epic on that front. And, I mean, I think regardless, they the most, uh, you know, pivotal part of this entire lawsuit did work in their favor and in you know publishers and and developers favor uh in the end you know not being allowed to use those alternative payment options built into your games and not necessarily have to use the options through apple that that automatically lose that 30 percent cut obviously we'll see how have to see how apple uh is going to adjust to this if they're going to appeal that part of the decision and what's going to come from it but it's obviously uh Regardless of what side you're on, a very uh, important decision, very important court decision, and we'll have to see uh, what comes out from it. Yeah, but, you know,
1: I'll, I'll say one more thing. I would say is it's so interesting when you think about like the larger scope of the issue here. Yes. Because like when you when you when you talk about like let's say I'm I'm going this to
0: is way bigger than just Epic and Apple. Oh
1: yeah, for sure. I mean, like I, I think about it in this sense, right? Like when I'm going to like a random website and I want to purchase something, mm-hmm. right? Like when I go to check out through that website, mm-hmm. like. I love when it's like check out with PayPal, mm-hmm. you know, or or you 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 have to make an account first, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like log in with Apple or log in with Microsoft or like that's or log in with Google, whatever, same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what that helps that makes people feel safe, right? Mm-hmm. That people know and trust those companies because they run our ecosystem, right? Yep. And it's one of those situations where, you know when you remove that level of certainty from companies that we recognize and Mm -hmm. understand and trust and put our money into because we feel that way about it, it could hurt, you know, it could, parents could be less likely to buy their kids V bucks because they can't do it through Apple or Microsoft slash Google or Mm -hmm. PayPal. They have to use X fund me, yeah. whatever X random website that they've sure. never heard of before. Um, especially in today's age where technology, everyone's getting scammed this and everything's fake that, right? Like your grandparents can't even answer their phones without their car extended warranty going out of business. You know, <laughs> you know. But you, 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 you we laugh, right? But you know what True. I mean, right? It's, it's, it's kind of annoying to a certain extent. So, you know, I, that part, especially with a company like Epic that targets the mass younger demographics so heavily, mm-hmm. could hurt them could hurt them a decent amount as far as, as funding goes if you think about it like that but i don't know I'll, I'll, we, don't, we don't have to harp on it all day but yeah. it's it's just interesting when you think about the really really big picture and you're yeah. like hmm well what if i can't what if i can't log into my fortnite account using my microsoft account anymore
0: yeah what I if mean, i can't you know I, I, know I doubt that it probably hurts epic in the long run but it possibly creates a bit of a wild west In the app market there because then all of a sudden maybe these smaller apps don't go through apple and then that's where you hit the risk is maybe it's not the big developers but maybe the smaller ones where the scams come in and you're getting charged for stuff because you don't care who you pay sure i don't care who i i mean some you know some you don't care who gets the money as long as you get what you paid
1: for you know to an extent sure yes right like it's not like you know it's not like i'm paying for example I'll use this as an example because I was looking at some YouGov data. If you guys aren't familiar with YouGov, it's a you know a government site that essentially produces statistics and analytics based on different entertainment categories or different categories in general. In this source, I utilize a lot of their esports data, and um, one of the things they talk about a lot is you know what percentage of like certain fan bases are likely to care where the product or the service comes from Mm -hmm. like where their money is going to we're talking about strictly like region based right like i care if the company i'm buying from is located in the united states yes right and it's one of those things where like you know certain percentages depending on like the team's fan bases and things like that obviously we're more or less likely to care Mm -hmm. but it is one of those situations where a lot of certain regional-based fan bases do care a lot about where those products and services come from. And when it comes down to, like, the I know where the money is, when I'm putting it into Google or Apple, et cetera, like, you usually really know bottom line where some of that money is going. Again, Mm -hmm. it comes down to the uncertainty factor. And in today's day and age where everyone currently growing up will eventually be those parents, those millennials, et cetera, who care a lot about that kind of stuff. That's what I mean by, like, I, again, I mean, I know it's hard to scratch the bottom line of a company like Epic. Yes. But I'm just saying, like, in general, if you if you culturally shift something like that, sure. it can have pretty dramatic effects yes. without it necessarily just being like, a, oh, well now some people won't feel as comfortable anymore. But if, it, yeah. if culturally the world doesn't feel as comfortable in that sense, I'm just saying. That's that's all where I'm at. Again, it's all speculation, but I'm just. There's gonna, a
0: lot yeah. of different ways to come at that story, yeah, for sure, and a lot of different ways that it, you know it could develop. But certainly uh, a very interesting discussion, and that's all we have to cover this week. Mm. Uh, honestly, a packed show, regardless. Had a lot of things to cover. Uh, Luke, what have you been playing uh, over the last week? You, you know,
1: I, honestly, it's so funny. Me and the boys jumped on the other night. I hadn't, I hadn't been on in a little while, and I updated, I want to say, like five or six different games because nice. we were on the rotation Okay. just, like, playing a bunch of things. So, you know, a uh, little bit of Splitgate, s- still want Halo, so Pass uh, sorry, Splitgate fans. Um, but, uh, uh, most of my personal time has gone into Hearthstone battlegrounds. I just, I think that game is such an absolute blast to play at a casual, at a casual scale. Uh, a couple updates came out for that. So all my froggers out there, you know, what's up, let's go. Um, so I've been playing a little bit of that on my free time. Uh, I'm getting back into Valorant for sure. Yep. That game is an absolute blast to play. Um, some of these new maps and characters are what do you com- think of fracture? I can't even I, I can't even have an opinion yet i'm still trying i'm still very confused i'm still very confused but uh, i'm still very i mean the last two or three characters and the last two or three maps i just haven't been actively playing sure so i really just need to get back into it and like really kind of like re-catch up on what's going on because i keep getting suppressed and you gotta back off (laughs) um so uh, i've been getting back into valorant uh, i'm still playing apex apex is an absolute blast uh been playing ranked arenas a decent amount which is pretty fun to play unless you're playing with kyle (laughs) <laughs> uh, no i'm just kidding uh, me, me kyle me kyle and shane uh, were playing some, a little bit of that last night that was an absolute blast um again i told you i've been playing a little bit of everything i've, I've been in nice. there for sure but uh i've seen
0: you uh I, i've been getting on Valorant, and i've been seeing you in comp yep. so i just, just and then every in, once in a while
1: there. my friends convince me to play a game or two of league or tft i pretty much only open that client kind of when, twist his arm a little bit yeah and get him i mean there. i get in there and then i i'm 99 and one and somehow we lose the game still and i just feel like i'm just not i'm just not good enough That's if all luke, that. That if all luke is to. in
0: your game and he's playing wuk on top he's going to be at your red buff at two minutes i <laughs> do why would you <laughs> out me like that bro Come or, my... or whatever your top side buff is he's coming for your buff <laughs> in two minutes i promise you He's not wrong,
1: uh, but yeah, that's that's basically what I've been playing. So I've I just been out there grinding. It. Oh, and then a little bit of Smash here and there, you nice. know, all the new Smash events have, have been getting me hyped, and oh, yeah. we've been talking about our, our little inner office Smash tournament that we have going on. So everyone's been wanting to play a bunch, but yes, that's uh, that's me. How about you,
0: uh, Valorant? As you talked about, that's been really fun. Uh, I'm enjoying getting back into the game, and I'm actually playing. I mean, I said it in my tweet the other day, like actually, just some of the most consistent. Valent I've ever played, which feels pretty good. The battle stage Ten has been kills working. every game, um, and then uh, Omega Sapphire actually. Oh, okay. On my three DS throwback, which has been really, really fun. I'm you three DS. It's weird. Why? What I mean. I have a Game Boy Color
1: too. I mean, that's pretty cool. It so. is very. See, very I mean, cool. I have a two DS. I have
0: a, I have a, I have a Game Boy Color with blue version mm. and a, a gold version that the internal RAM dies, so I can't play the gold version anymore. That's toxic. So it makes me very, very sad. Mm. But I got, you know, Crystal on Virtual for my three DS too, so I can play it there.
1: Yeah, I have, I have my, I have a, I have a two DS that I play some games on. But I don't know. Every time I play games on like a two on, on a DS at all, I just think to myself, I can just like play this on my phone. Or I could just play You're this on my wrong. on my PC. I'm just and excited have it synced to my phone.
0: I'm excited for the Gen Four remakes to come to Switch. Me too, because that's God, for I me. I story. I'm looking forward to being able to lie in bed with just my controller and just lean back and just play on my TV. I'm so pissed that they they don't have ports for the older Gen games mm. already on Switch, but I'm hoping it comes in the future.
1: Yeah, that seems odd. It must just be like a uh, rights thing. It must and be. They otherwise, probably otherwise just don't. Otherwise, they would have just done it.
0: And they probably just don't. I don't know. They probably maybe look at it and think ah, it's not worth the effort.
1: I don't know. They would just make a billion dollars. You're not wrong. Like they could just port it over and literally just like they could put like all like you get like red, blue, and yellow for ten bucks. You get like this, that, and that for ten. You know, each gen for like
0: ten bucks, or you buy all the gens for like fifty bucks. Literally, they would you you would they would just sell. They everyone would buy all of them. If we could do it, I would have a Pokemon bank account mm. yesterday mm. because I haven't gotten it yet. But if I could suddenly play all these titles on Switch. A hundred percent. I'd yeah. be, I'd be in in a heartbeat. But uh, that's it, folks. Episode five in the books. Uh, like you, like you said at the top of sh- top of the show, crazy to think that we're already five episodes in. Uh, we've already had a big guest on. We had Zach Nazer on a couple of weeks ago. If you guys missed that, make sure to check it out. Um, follow us uh, on all of our socials if you're watching on YouTube you've seen them scrolling uh, on the side of your screen make sure to check out our shows this week too uh, the second to last week of this season of Series E coming up Tuesday and Wednesday 4pm Pacific uh, we'll have Pokemon uh, TCG this Thursday as well at 5pm that's going to be a lot of fun Ooh, what are we opening? uh you tell me. Yeah, some more evolving skies. Probably some I more think. evolving skies. Somebody say another booster box of evolving skies. We're looking, for some, we're box, so, some we're looking skies. for some Viking rocks, baby. Let's no, go. <laughs> dude, okay, I'll be honest with you. I did, and o- some I did open
1: a ETV yesterday with Kales. I heard. And I did pull an Umbreon V. I heard. Alternate art. Very cool. And it cracked
0: the v max is the more cracked uh, but VMAX the v is, is the more very, cracked very but the cool.
1: v is also extremely cool mm-hmm. we take the w's where they come 100%. rng giveth and rng taketh away all we need is the v rayquaza all we need is the rayquaza v max
0: altar now so if you got one hit up my boy luke Call you know me. where he is uh he's at he on twitter i'm at Castro. So follow us reach out to us you guys have questions uh things you want us to talk about please feel free that's uh ESC episode 5 in the books. Y'all have a great rest of your week. We'll see you again next time. Bye!